It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. From executive search to talent strategy, leadership development, rewards and succession planning, Corn Ferry can help you realize the full potential of your people. So you can take your business where it wants to go, up. Learn more at cornferry.com slash up. Leaving a job is kind of like breaking up with someone. There's really no great way to do it, but maybe there are a few ways that can help soften the blow. You're listening to Game Plan. My name is Sam Grobart. I am a writer at Bloomberg Businessweek magazine. And I'm Rebecca Greenfield, a reporter at Bloomberg, where I cover the workplace. So, Becca, you've left some workplaces before, yes? I've left two workplaces. And how did they go for you? I think it could have been better. It's just you don't know what you're doing at all. It's awkward as hell. It's a really delicate situation, and especially when you're young, you have no idea what you're doing. What would you say, looking back on the two occasions that you've left a job, what would be the main thing you would have done differently? Well, I've tried to do things differently. I think the hardest part is when you have that offer for your new job and what do you do with it. My first time, I was very, I was confused. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the best way to handle it. So I went to my boss with those exact feelings. And obviously that conversation did not go great for me. Right. I think there is an instinct to be overly communicative, like you're talking to a friend. Right. And you're not talking you're to a friend. You're mistaking the relationship. Well, because that was the relationship you had up until that point. And you have to realize that you're the one who is now introducing a threat to that relationship, perhaps an ultimate threat to that relationship, because you're talking about ending it. Right. And I don't know. I was worried about making people feel bad. And that's not what... No, got to be professional. Exactly. So then the second time I went to go leave a job, I was like more stone cold about it. But then that also wasn't appreciated. Same thing happened to me. <laughs> I, years ago, one of the many jobs that I've left, I thought the thing to do is to be super clear cut. Yeah. And then it turned out that I sort of had offended my boss because I didn't even explain the fact that I had this amazing new opportunity, which he then later learned about and was like, oh, if you had just told me that, I would have been like, that's wonderful for you. I'm very happy. Instead, you were like, I'm out of here. Right. And I think that attitude that you're talking about, I mean, it's lucky that your boss said that, but it is more common than it used to be. I wrote the story maybe a year or so ago about the rise of the boomerang employee, where it's a lot more acceptable now to leave a job and come back to a job. And I think that's because employers realize, you know, they're not as obsessed with 
loyalty and you screwed me, so I'm never hiring you again. Like right. They understand you got a better opportunity and maybe one day you'll come back with even more knowledge. Right, to benefit and, the company in an entirely new way. Right. I mean, the truth is that we are now, and here's a little data point, You know, more people are changing jobs, leaving jobs in 2016 than they have since 2008. And that's according to the Labor Department. And that seems to be related to, of course, an improving economy and a lot more mobility and opportunities. So this is going to happen more and more. It's just a question of how do you manage it? Yeah. And it's really confusing and delicate. And maybe there is no exact way. I mean, yeah, there's no way to break up with somebody and not hurt their feelings. I think that's the thing is like in a breakup, you have to kind of come to terms with the fact that you're going to hurt someone. And it may be for the right reason, because staying there would hurt both of you more later or would hurt you. And frankly, you have to kind of look out for yourself. But you have to be willing to take on that role of being the the spoiler. Um, Well, like, you know, obviously, Becca, we're very happy here. Yeah, I will never quit a job again. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) So we can't speak about it. But... We do have somebody who we're going to be talking to, Rehan Hermansi, who is actually leaving a job basically as we speak. And full disclosure, I worked with Rehan at one job that both of us have since left, and we're friends, and she has left many jobs, and I look to her as a sage. And it's sort of a guide on breakups, yes. professional breakups. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to her in a minute. We're here with Rehan Harmansi, the former editor-in-chief of Atlas Obscura. Rehan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. And tell us a little bit about how long you've been the former editor-in-chief of Atlas Obscura. Um, I actually am still at Atlas Obscura for the next week or so. Do they know you're here? <laughs> Have you told them yet? Is this, <laughs> is this how they're going to find out? <laughs> this is like, like when Rudy Giuliani like divorced his wife by doing a press conference. Exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. Pulling a Giuliani. Do as Rudy. Always, <laughs> right? That guy's the best. <laughs> um, no, I, I did, in fact, give notice, so it won't be a total surprise. Um, so we're having you on because you just gave notice and you're going to leave a job, but I also know that you have left jobs before. How many jobs have you left? Oh, man, I actually was counting on my way here. I believe I have left seven jobs. On good terms. On good terms. All on good terms. Gotcha. And you're always able to get another job, leading me to believe that you're leaving on your terms and people aren't saying, don't hire this person. I mean, I hope so. I think that, as you guys know, media is a tumultuous business in 2016. So I think a lot of people are leaving leaving or have left jobs. But I realize I've left a lot of jobs. (laughs) So we're interested in the tactics that you have related to all parts of this. Some might call it a game plan. A game plan. (laughs) So maybe from like when you know that you want to leave a job, but you haven't quite found the new job yet, how do you stay interested in your current job? This is something I've given a lot of thought to, obviously. For me personally, all of these jobs and new jobs came about in different ways, but I always end up applying like a romantic relationship model to this. When you know, you kind of know. And then when you start contemplating actually that conversation, it is very stressful. So you are currently in this sort of uh, senior week of a job, <laughs> right? You, you've given notice, but you haven't quite left yet. How are you feeling in this particular phantom zone? 
I'm feeling sort of sad. I, I love Atlas Obscura, and I know that it will continue to do great things without me. But I'm also sort of stressed because there's, there's a lot of work to be done. So you're, you're not checked out, which is definitely what I've done. And I guess that's bad. I mean, I am currently with you guys not in the office, so one might argue I'm checked out, but I don't think so. I think that unlike a romantic relationship, you actually do have to work until the last minute. Rehan, tell me a little bit about how you conduct a job search while continuing to have a job. Are there any things you sort of make sure you do or don't do for your own sort of protection or benefit? Well, I mean, I want to make clear that I've been lucky enough to have been approached for jobs, so... It's not always that you're conducting a job search. It's more that you're living in the world and, you know, having conversations. So, I mean, I think that there are people leave jobs for all different kinds of reasons. And I think that if you're conducting a job search while you're still at work, I mean, I would advise that you be sort of quiet about it. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that, Sam and I, right. about how you definitely know people or you were that person who... You're like, yeah, I have a lead on this job, and you tell your coworker, and you just get really excited about it because you think they're your friend, right? And it's just a really bad idea. You, you have to be careful who you tell about this sort of thing, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of etiquette questions around when you tell your boss that you have been thinking about other jobs, been talking to other people, or you just give notice when you have like a job offer you've signed. I think there's a lot of gray areas there, but. I do remember from a time when Becca and I worked together at Fast Company, someone telling me that once you tell a boss that you have a job offer, there's like some kind of research which says that like the outcomes are, are bad even if you stay at the job. Like you are more likely to leave within a year after having sort of broken that seal of saying, I don't want to be here. I don't want to, I cheated on you or I, I'm looking around. You're not my one and only. Kind of like a relationship. Kind of like a relationship. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've, I've struggled with this. I've only left a couple of jobs, but I have done the tactic of I'm breaking up with you, I'm leaving. And my boss didn't like that approach, but <laughs> I had been burned before with the, oh, I have an offer. I'm not sure. What should I do? Convince me to stay. Neither of those tactics worked for me. Yeah, I think it's super tricky. I've never personally leveraged a job offer for... Uh, more money at a current employer. I know other people that have, and I think that's great. And I think that a lot of times honesty is the best policy. But you have to be ready for all possible outcomes once you start broaching that conversation. You have to be ready to take that job that you're using as a negotiating Definitely. Because they may turn around and go, sounds like a great job. You should go do it. Completely. And I, when I've had experience managing people who have had job offers, you know, like I don't get mad at them, but... It is, uh, it is a weird feeling that makes you sort of, you can't help but think that maybe they won't take this offer, but they'll take another one. Rehan, I want to ask you something, because I was just reading an article uh, recently in the paper about a situation where somebody was offered a new job, went and told their current employer, gave their notice, and then it turned out that the offer they had been given was rescinded because it went up the chain and some somebody else, some executive said, oh, no, we're not actually hiring for that position. Do you have any rules about when you actually give your notice? Oh, that sounds like a bad situation. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have a firm offer in writing. Don't exchange a few like Twitter direct messages and then like <laughs> tell your boss about a job offer. You know, I think just approaching that conversation is so stressful. I think you should go into it with an idea of what you want the outcome to be. You know, like I wouldn't say go fishing telling an employer you have a job offer. Like have it in writing. Know that there's at least a great chance you want to take it and steer the conversation. Maybe, yeah, that was my problem in my first trying to leave a job. Not knowing what I was doing was the problem, really. I think being firm and knowing what you want is the best way to go into the conversation. But when you're like 24 and have no idea how to live in the world, you can't do that properly. Well, it's really hard. I mean, I think sometimes you're not sure what you want to do and you almost want to ask your boss for advice. But that is not a time you ask your boss for advice. Up happens when the power and potential of every employee and leader in your workforce is released. And Corn Ferry can get you there by aligning your people to your strategy, attracting, developing, engaging, and rewarding them to reach new heights. With Corn Ferry, you get a partner who truly understands people, leadership, and the new landscape of work. A partner who knows how to take your business up. Learn more at cornferry.com up. To continue your relationship metaphor a little bit, I mean, I feel like the conversation you're going to have with your current employer requires a certain kind of um, steel, if you will, within you. Same way that if you're going to break up with someone, in both cases, you are very well aware that you are, in one way or another, harming someone or causing them displeasure. But you have to sort of make your peace with it. Because it's better for you to be doing what you're doing. And yes, there are going to be consequences, some of which are going to be negative for other people. But that's just the way this whole sort of system works. Yeah. I mean, no matter how you... I mean, I guess it does depend on how you feel about your employee, but you're severing a relationship. And most of the time, you know, you want to sever it in like the sort of cleanest possible way. And so it's really if you go into the conversation being like, I don't know, like maybe I'll take the job. You're not doing anybody any favors. That's very real in relationships, too. Yes. I think we I think we've all experienced <laughs> there, guys. that a little bit. So that it, it does continue to be awkward though once you've decided to take a job because most people do give some form of notice, like two weeks notice, I mean, mm-hmm. like and then you're still working at the job for two weeks and I'm first of all wondering, should we still be doing two weeks notice? Heck of a movie, by the way, two weeks notice. <laughs> I obviously don't get your reference as usual. Okay, that's not that old. <laughs> oh, wait, I do remember that. Yes, okay. But you were alive when that movie came out. Yeah. But yeah, is two weeks notice useful anymore? That's a really good question. I remember my fir- the first, you guys, let me take you back in time. The first time I left a job, I was working at a newspaper I'd worked for for seven years, and I was just, in my young deluded brain for some reason I like was so scared to give notice like they were doing rounds after rounds of layoffs I'm sure they were like reassured that I wanted to leave but (laughs) I was very upset and like didn't know what to say and how to say goodbye Um, so I was like I can work here for six more weeks and my boss at the time was like well great I mean we need you around you're the youngest lowest paid employee here so no need to rush out and then I worked I was um, in a, a union And according to union rules, though, I had to, I gave notice on like a Tuesday and then I got a note the next day that was like, if you're not out by Friday, you're going to not get your pension, which, or IRA or some union fund Hmm. of money I didn't really know existed. 
So then I suddenly went from being like, oh, I'll have like a long goodbye to like, you have three days to pack up your stuff and you've worked here for seven years. But in retrospect, that was the best possible outcome. Right. It's kind of good to make the clean break, don't you think? Yes. I think that like when you, again, you think maybe, I don't know what people do. I would do things out of guilt a lot. So like maybe out of guilt, I'll be like, I'll stay as long as you need me to stay. But the truth is, I think two weeks is... It's way enough time to tie things up, unless you have a very specific project. Yeah, and I don't know what you're doing by giving them two more weeks of your time, really. Right. I don't I know, mean, you're not really helping. And it's just awkward. Right. Which brings me to my next question, which is, how do you tell people you're leaving, and when do you tell them you're leaving, besides for your boss, who obviously you need to tell? Great question, Becca. This is something that... You are not giving notice once at a job. You actually have to give notice like as many times as you need to to tell the people around you and like the way you want to tell them. So yeah, so I mean, so I give notice to your boss first. Do not let your boss hear about it from anybody else. I think that is a really bad look. So tell your boss first, get that conversation out of the way, and then decide who needs to be told in person and who need to be told in a group because once that information is released, it really wants to be free. And it wants to be free over email and it wants to be free over Slack and it wants to be free in any possible way. So I feel like there's a little bit of a race after you give notice to your boss to then start telling other people in a way that is not too harsh or weird. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've, this is horrible, gossiped and (laughs) G-chatted somebody oh my God, did you hear so-and-so is leaving only to have them say, oh yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. Have you ever taken steps before even giving notice, but knowing that you would be getting your affairs in order? Maybe you're you know, forwarding information to your regular private email account, or do you ever worry about you know, not having everything if they tell you, hit the bricks? Yeah. If you think you are going to take a job offer, but you're not ready to say yes, you're not at a place yet. I also think it's only human to not let it be a total shock for your boss. Like at some point, I think if you are thinking or unhappy, like you owe it to your employer to make your feelings visible in some way. Like, I mean, at least that's something I thought. I personally hate surprises. So I think that if you think there's something you want out of another company that your current employer is possible for them to give to you, I think don't have that conversation like with a gun to their head necessarily, you know, like have that conversation in advance. That's something that Sam and I were also talking about that I definitely struggle with being honest with a current employer about like constructive things that you want. I mean, I've had employers say, oh, like you didn't really ask us for that. How do we know that you would have wanted it and now you're just leaving to go to another company to get it? We could have maybe fixed it six weeks ago, but I'm too scared. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it helps to feel like there's another suitor, right? Like it helps to feel like you have options. So when you have that conversation, you're doing it like with the private knowledge that like just that you have options. Yeah, leverage. Basically. Exactly. And I think in many cases, you know, certainly surprises can happen. But if you begin a job process with another employer, there is a point at which it's moved past the sort of preliminary. Mm-hmm. And you realize, like, this is advancing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, this is looks to be heading somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, 
you met, you like each other, maybe you're going to fall in love, you know? But right. until anything is signed, I would not totally. make assumptions. I can't tell you how many people I know, bright, smart, disciplined people, who go and tell their employers that they're leaving before they have the written job offer. And you never know, because sometimes that offer, while it is definitely heading your way, gets delayed Yes, for the most silly of reasons, right? The person who needs to sign the form went on a two-week vacation and no one else can sign the form. And so now the whole thing drags out and they're stuck. You know, they've told their employer, but they, they're they not leaving. It's awful. Yeah. No, that's terrible. That's terrible. And it should be avoided at all costs. Also, like, until you get the written job offer, and in the case of your time about rescinding, I don't even know how you deal with that. That seems like that's a, pretty sort of uh, awful and yeah. Deus Ex Machina kind of way. Yeah, but like, there's no there's no guarantees, and that the, your future employer. I mean, business. You guys, business is brutal. Like they're talking to other people too. You know, right. you don't know what the behind the scenes are. Are you taking any time off between Atlas and your next move? Well, you know, before I started Atlas, my soon-to-be former boss, David Plotz, insisted that I take time off between jobs, and I really deeply appreciated that and the wisdom of that. So I'm taking a few days off. I should be taking more time off, but but I'm not. I'm a huge advocate of taking as much time off as you can afford. It is a rare, rare <laughs> thing to not be at work and not necessarily have work on the other side of it. Obviously, starting a new job requires some new things, but you don't have that coming home from vacation dread yeah, of yes. like, oh, that thing that I let you know slide for two weeks is still there, and now you have sort of that open territory. Precious. I've actually considered going to grad school just for that time between applying to grad school and hopefully getting into grad school and knowing you're going to grad school. Yeah. Same. I'm so only jealous of my friends who went to law school because they seem to have this like months-long time between taking the bar and starting their jobs yes. where they get to travel places. But that is not a reason to go to law school. No, Certainly it's not. not. It's not. And then they have to go be first-year associates somewhere. Right, right. And so, who's zooming who? <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the vacation now, buddy? Yeah. Rehan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. This was fun. <laughs> You know, one thing we didn't get a chance to talk to Rehan about, although perhaps it's happening imminently, is the whole issue of the goodbye drinks. I don't know, Becca, if maybe you've been invited to this because you're friends with her? Or... Well, we, we, we had been talking about the phenomenon of the going away drinks, and it's something that happens. It's like unnecessary, but yeah. does anybody really want it? I really, I really like to sort of Irish goodbye a job. I think that's better. It's just kind of awkward. Yeah. I think it's better to have like small lunches and coffees with the people that you want to make sure. That's right. You're explaining everything to and maintaining relationships with. Right. And I think that maybe the best version of the goodbye drinks, if there can be a good version, is it just in the office. Yeah. Somebody runs out and buys a few bottles of cheap Prosecco. Yeah. And you raise a glass and it's a 25 minute thing and everybody goes back to work. Yeah, because going to drinks after work can seem like a burden to a lot of people. Yeah. It's not really the best way to get together because, of course, the undertone to this is like, I'm leaving all of you, yeah. presumably for something better, which means that what you have is something worse. Yeah. Peace out, losers. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that the big takeaway I got from our conversation is the importance of keeping your mouth shut 
when you have a new offer and making sure that you don't announce your departure before the new job is really solidified. Yeah, there's the importance of certainty, certainty in where you're going, what you're doing, what you want to do before you make any moves. I think that'll be the best. As we discussed, this is business. And the two words that pop into my head are stone cold. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You want to be a nice person. You want to be open. You want to share. But in fact, the kind thing to do is to keep it to yourself until it's really all set up and then be very clear and inform people at the right time. And cut the cord. Rip off the Band-Aid. Yes. And other metaphors as well. And now it's time for Half-Baked Takes. Half-Baked Takes. So, Becca, do you have any half-formed opinions or ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with the group? To bring it back to one of my favorite topics, my sad desk lunch, one way to brighten up your sad desk lunch is to have a really great glass Tupperware. Mm. Like... The salad just tastes so much better when it's not in a sad, like, deformed plastic thing that's been through the dishwasher 10 too many times. You're not even supposed to put those in the dishwasher, but, like, you all do. do. It sounds like you're sort of applying the sort of business class logic. Mm. Like, the soda tastes better in a glass than in a plastic cup. And it does. It totally does. It's the little things. Well, I'm glad you're finding, you know, ways to improve. Well, my glass Tupperware was recently stolen here at Bloomberg. And it really got me down. Anyway, that's my half-baked take. What's yours? My half-baked take is decades after I graduated from grade school and high school, I'm coming back around to the backpack. Welcome to the world of backpacks. Yeah, no, no. I, for years now, have been doing the messenger bag thing, but have suddenly, mostly thanks to my wife, who bought a backpack recently and has been extolling its virtues, I think that I'm going to make that leap. I think it just seems like a more practical easier to carry sort of system. Okay, so as a backpack user myself, I need to tell you the one thing is that backpack users are really annoying on the subway. Because they don't take them off. Right, and I'm incredibly conscious. You gotta bring it down to your feet. I always bring it down, but a lot of people don't, don't, don't. So don't be that guy. Oh, I will never be that guy. I take them off in elevators. That's nice. Yeah, even shoulder bags. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, you could try it. Well, great. Okay. This has been Half-Baked Takes. Half-Baked Takes. All right, you've been listening to Game Plan. Whether you're leaving a job or staying at one, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. I am Sam Grobart. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Grobart. And I'm Rebecca Greenfield. You can find me on Twitter at RZ Greenfield. If you liked our show, head on over to iTunes and rate and subscribe and review. Game Plan is produced by Liz Smith and Magnus Henriksen. The head of Bloomberg Podcasts is Alec McCabe. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Get the most from your people and send your business soaring with Corn Ferry. From executive search to talent strategy, leadership development, rewards, and succession planning, Corn Ferry knows up is more than a direction. It's your future. Learn more at cornferry.com slash up. Oh, yeah. You need to get a oh. glockenspiel. Ooh, wrapping the glockenspiel <laughs> on me. I'll My go home and instrument. check. <laughs> um. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.